Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, we got a lot of stuff to go over today. Hopefully, I can cram this all in in you know 45 minutes or so. Maybe it goes an hour. Plenty to go over. So I appreciate you listening. Thank you, each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Now, I do need to start off with personal news. I am off of Twitter. Uh, personal reasons, not for this platform, but I'm off of Twitter. Specifically and most importantly with the MJPALC21 account, more of the personal account. The 5 Foot Nothing Pod account is kind of just suspended for me. And that was something I did. And uh, I'm going to keep it that way and for a while. But I'm still going to keep doing the podcast. I'm still going to keep trucking along. This is fun for me. I enjoy this stuff. I love it. And I'm going to get I'm going to get help distributing it on those social platforms, mainly from my uh, good good friend Casey the Beef Cregan at from Sluggo on Twitter. He's going to be helping me out. He's uh, he's, he's going to become my manager. I don't know what I have to pay him. We'll discuss that behind the scenes. But um, he may not appreciate this episode as much as others because this is all Notre Dame all the time. There's really not much else for me to discuss today besides the blue and gold from every angle. Literally from NFL all the way down to freshman Two guys who are no longer with the program, I I guess safe to say. I think you know what I mean. But we're gonna we're gonna cover it all. I'm gonna go, and I appreciate everyone listening. I do. I wish I could say I want to be on Twitter and, and communicating with you guys. That part of it is is gonna suck. I'm not gonna lie, but there are bigger things that I need to turn my attention to. That Twitter had become uh, a challenge. Well, social media in general. Let's just call it what it is: social media in general. But if you do want to continue communicating with me, which I would absolutely love and accept and appreciate. Fire me off an email, uh, five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Five foot nothing, no G, uh, five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. We can, we can communicate that way 100%. But uh, let's get into this deal. You guys know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Okay, first we're going to talk to the NFL draft and Notre Dame players. Now I covered this a while ago. I don't even let me let me thumb through the notes here. What episode was that? I think it was looking here ten, nine, somewhere in that neighborhood. No six. Oh my god, episode six. I covered all of our Notre Dame draft eligible guys, where I felt like they would go. And, well, 
all of our draft eligible guys went somewhere. Some as free agents, some got drafted. Some went way earlier than I expected. Some went later than expected. <clears throat> but let's talk about it a little bit real quick. Uh, our first Notre Dame guy off the board was not Jeremiah Awusa Karamoa. Woo, J-O-K, Joker. He was not the first guy, which that threw me off. I was <laughs> full expecting a first-round guy. Like, what's going on? And then the second round is trucking along and still not picked. Uh, I did, did he punch a baby and we don't know about it? Like, how did this guy drop as far as he did? And turns out there was a concern about a heart condition uh, that was unannounced that left teams concerned. So he was not the first guy. The first guy was Liam Eikenberg to the Dolphins. Shout out to Beef. He's a Dolphins guy. You got a good lineman there, Beef. He's he's a stud. He played with a, a swollen shut eye for a half of football. The guy can play. He's ready to go. I think he can protect Tua and Waddle and, and the rest of your, your Dolphin organization. He's going to be solid. Then six picks later was Aaron Banks to the 49ers. And I can't I don't know what to make of the 49ers. They they didn't have a great year. Jimmy G was not healthy. They just drafted Trey Lance. That's a whole thing I don't understand. I'm so glad they didn't draft Mac Bra- uh, Mac Brown. If they drafted Mac Brown, we got problems. I don't think he can play quarterback anymore. Uh, but Mac Jones, uh, he was not the number three pick ever. And 15 is probably a good spot. The Patriots still don't think he's first-round talent. Whatever. It is what it is. But Banks goes to the Niners. I feel like they're a good organization. They, they've got namesake and everything else. We'll see what happens. Then JOK finally went off the board at 52 to the Cleveland Browns. Now, the running joke when I was a kid that still applied as an adult that ended very recently was I'm taking the Browns to the Super Bowl. Because that's the closest the Browns are ever going to get is you take a dump and you got Browns in the Super Bowl. But the Browns are going in a very different direction. So I'm actually, I'm good with Owusu Karamoa in Cleveland. Let's see what happens. Um, I don't think this, this heart condition that caused him the slip that Adam Schefter reported is as serious as other teams wanted to make it, like he sh- he's probably the steal of the draft. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm not I'm not implying that he's a steal just because oh he should have went sooner. Like legitimately, he's being talked about as a steal of the draft. And good for the Browns. You know that'd be cool. Um, nothing against the Browns. They've been, as I just said, a laughing stock for quite some time. It'd be cool to see them get going in the right direction. Good for them. Then we jumped to round three. Tommy Tremble to the Panthers. I don't know what to expect from the Panthers. They're, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're up, they're down. They, that, that's cool. I think uh, he's going to play. I don't really know who's going to. Uh, I, I don't know their roster. 
I didn't go that in depth with this. Okay, guys. <laughs> but he's going to the Panthers. Good for him. My brother's a Panthers fan. That's cool. And he's a Panthers fan because he liked their colors when he was a kid. But uh, after Tremble, it was round three, pick number 83 overall. Pick number 95 overall was Robert Hainsey to the Bucks. Now, he, I don't know if he's going to jump in and start. Not sure, but if he does get to start, he gets to protect Tom Brady. And that's a pretty cool thing, even if he is a Michigan guy. They just won the Super Bowl. Uh, that's awesome for Hainsey. Uh, see what happens there. Now, there was only one pick in round four. And if you told me prior to the draft, Notre Dame's going to have one guy go in the fourth round, who's it going to be? I would have probably looked at Tremble, Hainsey, Hayes, Ugandaji. That's probably my list right there. That's it. The only guy to go drafted in round number four, obviously Tremble and Hainsey went in round three. With pick number 133 overall to the New Orleans Saints was Ian Book. And that surprised me. Not that he got drafted. I already told you he was getting drafted. I told you guys he was getting drafted. When Mac Jones was being talked about as pick number three, Ian Book was getting drafted. And you know what? To the Saints, awesome landing spot. Awesome landing spot for him. So happy for the guy. Um, let's see what he makes of it. There's not, I mean, you got the little gadget, you know, uh, I don't know what you want to call him, but Taysom Hill. He's like a, he's not a one-trick pony, but he's like a, a trick shot. He, I don't know if he's your every-down quarterback. You got Jameis Winston, the turnover machine. He he has good games, but then he throws five picks the next game. I don't know. I think Book's got a chance to, to play some football. Freaking awesome. Good for him. Fantastic. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. That might be one of the guys we track most outside of your your obvious ones like Eichenberg and Banks and JOK, even Tremble, Hainsey. You know, books books gonna be somebody we we follow and see what he makes of himself. Round five, Dalen Hayes to the Ravens. Also, AD Ogundeji to the Falcons. Ravens, great organization. Good for Hayes. Really cool. Ogundeji, Falcons, I don't know. Arthur Blank. He he reminds me too much of Jerry Jones. And I'm not a fan of what – I'm not a Cowboys fan, but being just objective, I'm not a fan of what Jerry Jones has done, will do, and will always do with the Cowboys. I'm, I just don't think he's a good – he's a selfish owner. He's in it for himself. And I, I question whether he's, he's in this to win football games or make money. I know it's a business, but – yeah, and I, Arthur Blank isn't that extreme, but he, he falls in that category for me. But, you know, the Ogundeji went to the Falcons. Let's hope he gets a shot. And then somebody I didn't know if he was going to get drafted or I wasn't sure if he'd get drafted was Mr. Benny Skoranek. Went round seven, picked 249 to the Rams. I know the Rams got some dudes. Uh, at the receiver position, but good for him. He got drafted. Maybe he, he carves out a spot. Maybe he finds his way onto the, the roster and can make some plays. So we'll see. Now, if you were counting, which it's unlikely you were, uh, all those guys added up to nine draft picks for the University of Notre Dame, and that's awesome. Nine guys? 
Nine guys in one draft? That's huge. In fact, it was so good, it was the third most, or tied for second most, depending on how you want to look at it, but third most of uh, any other college. Alabama and Ohio State had 10 players drafted. Now, Alabama had six of those going in the first round. That's Alabama. Which, by the way, that's why Mac Jones was talked about as being a third, number three overall quarterback. He had a bunch of NFL dudes around him. Come on. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Alabama, Ohio State with 10 guys. Notre Dame and Georgia tied with nine. So Notre, Notre Dame is putting dudes in the NFL. We got players. We got guys. And that's just exciting to see. And then after those nine get drafted, we got some free agents. Um, Nick McLeod went to the Bills. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think he can be like a good nickel guy. You know, we'll see where he, he goes. Then we had a little weird run here. Tommy Kramer to the Lions. Javon McKinley signed with the Lions. Brock Wright signed with the Lions. And the, it, I, I don't know what happened. <laughs> Detroit must love gold helmets and Notre Dame guys, which is fine. The Lions are – well, the Lions are the Lions. It's, it's been a minute since they've been really good. But, you know, good for Kramer, McKinley, and Wright. Uh, I don't know. I think Kramer might have the best opportunity, you know, in my opinion. Maybe McKinley does too. Galladay just left. I don't, I don't know what the whole roster looks like, but I do know that LSA Mack and the Aquara brothers are still with Detroit currently. So Detroit's very heavy on uh, some fighting Irish alums. And we'll see what happens there. And my, my boy, Sean Crawford, he signed with the Raiders. The Raiders. With, uh, why, am I, why am I drawing a blank here? Chucky. I just want to call him Chucky. John Gruden. Uh, so we'll see if he gets a shot in Las Vegas. That'd be fun to see. But the Lions have become the new Chargers because for a while it felt like the Chargers were signing every Notre Dame player that came out. Maybe that's the Lions now. But we put, in grand total, we put 14 guys in the NFL over this past weekend. Nine draft picks, five undrafted free agent signings, and that is everybody I mentioned. And in fact, the only one that didn't get drafted that I felt like would get drafted was, was Tommy Kramer. Um, he didn't get drafted, but everybody that was talked about that was draft eligible is on an NFL team somewhere. And that's awesome. That's, that's why you go to Notre Dame uh, as far as being a top flight football player. You want to go to the NFL. That's the goal. And we got 14 guys there. That's pretty freaking impressive considering there's only 22 starting positions. So I'm happy for those guys, proud of those guys. We'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll be following, like I said, book. And, you know, definitely Eichenberg, Banks, JOK. Those were our our big three in terms of uh, early draft picks. So that's those are NFL guys. And now we transition, now that those guys are gone, they've got their careers in front of them, 
They're going to be NFL dudes. We talk about some college guys who are not getting paid to do their job. And I say their job because while football is their job, academics are part of it too. Okay? You are a student, a student athlete. You're not an athlete. You're a student athlete. And that's important because you can go anywhere you want coming out of high school. It doesn't matter. You can go anywhere you want if you're good enough and they want you there. So I guess you can't go anywhere you want, but you get the idea. But part of that deal is you go to class, you get your grades, you keep your grades up, and you get to play football. Football is a privilege, not a right. You don't you don't get to just come in and go, I'm going to play football and that's it. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to play football. I don't care about class. Well, guess what? Some schools may not care. Some cool, Some schools may cut corners and get tutors to do work for you and whatever else. You know the names. I'm not the same. There's schools that cut corners academically. Well, guess what? The University of Notre Dame is not one of those schools. And if you haven't figured out what I'm leading into, I'm going to say it right now. Mr. Jordan Johnson. And watching this, I, I, real quick, I'm going to bounce all over with this thought because I, for the notes for right now, for this pod, I just wrote, what the fuck? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. What the fuck, dude? Because during the spring game, I'm writing notes. I was watching this game, taking notes. Jordan Johnson. Well, let me see how many. Seven question marks next to his name. Was he on the field or was he not? I know he was on the field because I saw him with my own eyeballs. Dude got one target, and it was not the best target. It was like a, a back shoulder fade thing in the end zone. It wasn't even catchable out of bounds. It didn't even count as a target. That's how much of not a target it was. There was one other instance where I, I heard and I, I researched and looked up. He was supposed to get a screen pass from Drew Pine. Drew Pine dropped back, looked right, came back left, went to throw. There was nobody to throw the ball and had to uh, scramble, and it was ultimately a, a quote-unquote sack because they just touched him. But it turns out that was supposed to be a screen pass to Mr. Jordan Johnson. But he was busy blocking. And if you go back and find that clip, he actually smacks his hands together and like hits himself on the head like, ah, oh, shit, that was supposed to be for me. I fucked that up royally. So... Dude, what the hell? He's transferring, if you hadn't heard. He's transferring. And after the spring game, I was like, ah, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Again, I'm going to circle all over this topic. I don't blame him. You're supposed to be a five-star recruit, high four-star, whatever. Forget the – he was supposed to be a highly touted recruit, arguably the highest recruit at the – well, No. Not arguably. He was the highest recruited receiver in the Brian Kelly era. He was supposed to be somebody. And we just weren't seeing it. Weren't seeing it. Hearing all these rumors, oh, the traits, whatever. Then you watch him play play the game. A spring game, a meaningless game, a glorified scrimmage. This dude only gets one bogus target. 
and that's it. And then turns out he was supposed to get another one, but missed, didn't know the play. Well, that says a lot. How do you not know the play? Dude, how do you not know the play? Like, if you want to get on the field, know the play. Like, at some point, you got to take some responsibility. Come on. Self-awareness. They're trying to give you the ball, and you're not even motivated enough to – I play – again, I'll say this throughout my time doing this podcast. I played receiver. And we had a play in college called Miami Screen. I would love if they called Miami Screen because I know there was only one place that football was going to go, and it was to me if I was on the field for that play. That's it. It was designed for me. Well, that my position, but you get the idea. And then we had a, another one that was Easy Rider that if I play – because I played mostly like a slot position – which Miami screen, you move me out wide, it's to come back and, and move towards the quarterback to catch the ball. Then we had Easy Rider, that was a little inside reverse kind of thing. Kind of like the little shovel pass kind of thing. Nonetheless, I knew what plays were going to go to me. If I heard those names, I'm like, ah, yes, give me that fucking football. Now, I don't know how the play was called, if it was checked out of, whatever, and it was – uh, an audible to this screen pass, but point being, Jordan Johnson didn't know to get the damn ball. Like, what are you doing? So, he wants to transfer. I'm like, okay. And then you find out this dude wasn't even doing his schoolwork. You find out he slacked off in school. Well, dude, you picked the wrong place to slack off in school. If you don't want to do homework, and don't want to turn your shit in and want to slack off, go to North Carolina. They get tutors to do it for you. Go to Florida State. Go to Alabama where education optional. I I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm sorry. I would have loved to have seen what you could do. I, maybe more targets would have been motivation. Maybe more involvement would have been more motivation. I don't know. But then you see him out in their field missing assignments, <clears throat> doing dumb stuff. Even last year. Uh, he got flagged. I believe he got flagged or should have been flagged. I think he was flagged for some late after the play stuff. It's like, dude, you're not even – you're struggling to get in the field and then you're going to do dumb stuff when you get on the field? Come on. Come on. What are you doing? So then I read an article that turns out he didn't love Notre Dame. His first visit wasn't everything he hoped it would be. But he saw the potential. He was like, man, if I go to Notre Dame, you know, uh, they, they've gone to the playoffs two out of three years. They they got the, the namesake. They're on television for every game. Like all the, the clout, the education. You know, let's just say some forget NFL talent, whatever. Something happens where you can't play football again. You got that Notre Dame education? Man, that, that speaks volumes in your professional career, your life after football. He saw all that. Well, guess what? Newsflash, you still got to put in the work. You can't. You don't just show up and be handed what you think. Like You're not just going to be handed the number one receiving role when you don't know the fucking playbook, obviously. You're not going to be handed things when you're not putting in the work off the field that 
allows you and gives you the privilege to be on the field. You know, this is a this is a goofy comparison. I'll admit that right now. What I'm about to say, it's a, a weird comparison. It's silly, but it works. I have a second job. I wait tables and I bartend. I make the reason I still do it is I make good money doing it because I give a shit. Like if anybody out there, you want to wait tables, you want to bartend, you think, oh, it's all, you know, cool. I I can make cash. I can make 25, 30 bucks an hour cash working six, seven hours and walk home. And I got, you know, 200 something dollars in my pocket for a night's work. You think it's, oh, I just show up and they hand, the the guests just hand me money. No, you gotta, you gotta care. You gotta give a crap. You have to take care of them. You gotta do your job. And I, there's kids, I'm 36 going to 37. There's kids that show up 18, 19, 20 years old. They're like, I want to wait tables because I can make money. And then they just show up and do, don't even do the bare minimum. Like just fuck off. They're on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and every, every social media that I've cut out of my life. They're on it all throughout the entire shift. And I'm just like looking at them like, are they, they going to cash app you the money or like, they you have an Instagram message how they like what what's your what's your story because if you don't go over to that fucking table they're not gonna give you a fucking cent and then they get pissed when that is exactly what happens and I liken that to the Jordan Johnson thing like you still gotta put in the work you still have to do the part you still have to do the job you still have to to do what's expected of you nothing is handed out maybe it's a millennial thing I don't know. But this dude obviously expected to just walk in and be the guy. Well, maybe your talent says you're the guy. But you got to have some self-awareness, man. I mean, I still play football. I play flag football in an adult league. And I'm mostly on defense. And defense is just schemes. and It's reactionary. It's instinctual. I get that. But I play offense, too. And I played receiver. In, in college, you know the playbook. There's a playbook. You run your routes. And... I would stress if I didn't know the play that was called. But I'm playing flag football now, and I'm even like, hey, do we have, is there a play? Like, or I just run on my own shit here, and you, I hope you see me open. Because there's a, I would have anxiety not knowing the play and running the wrong route and making the quarterback look bad. Because then, the, why the quarterback throw it there? It's all well, because the receiver didn't do the right thing. And I feel like that was the Jordan Johnson's problem. I don't know if you, just thought he could run whatever he wanted and he was the best. And I don't know. I don't know. But literally, what the fuck? You have so much talent and you got such a great opportunity. I know there's other schools out there that provide great academic educational opportunities. But I challenge you to find one that offers what Notre Dame does in a football aspect and an academic aspect. You, you're not going to get both anywhere else. I challenge someone to five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Email me. Tell me there's a different school. Tell me there's a different school that offers you what Notre Dame does, both academically and athletically in terms of football. You can't do it. You can't. Nobody competes on those levels in the same way right now. Yeah, there's better on the football field, clearly. Yes, there's better academically, I'm sure. But both together, no. You're not getting it. And Jordan Johnson squandered that shit away 
for whatever reason. And it's too bad. I do wish him the best. I hope he figures it out. Yeah, I'm frustrated because I think the talent was there. So for that reason, he's going to get another chance. But until he figures out that you've got to put in the work, and the fucked up thing is he wasn't even putting the work in the football field, obviously. Forget the, the classroom. He wasn't even doing it on the field. So, like, what were you expecting, the man? Come on. So that's frustrating. But, so he <laughs> didn't really get a chance to, to do something in the spring game. But we did have some dudes get a chance, and we're going to end this podcast with the Notre Dame blue-gold game. Culmination of spring, Notre Dame football. Here we go. All right. Let's go, Irish. Sorry, had to get uh, some. <laughs> band music in there to get this uh, show on the road for sure. Okay, so I hope all of you got to download the Peacock app and watch our spring game, which was what we kind of expected. I mean, let's see, the blue one, 17-3, that was the final score. You know, at a first glance, you're like, oh, my God, we have no offense. But I, I think it's it's more – it's not as simple as that. It's not as simplistic as that. You know, I, I, there's other scores, and I'm going to highlight one. Texas, I think they scored like 50-something points. Um, that's not good. Like, if you're a UT fan going, hey, dude, look at our spring game. We just scored 50 points. Hey. If your defense can't stop your own team, What's going to happen when they play, like, Oklahoma? Like, I don't think that's a good sign. Would I have liked Notre Dame to score a couple more points offensively? Sure. Sure, absolutely. But here's the thing. Here's why I didn't, you know, I didn't really go into detail in my thoughts, but I didn't expect a ton of points because I feel like a spring game is a glorified scrimmage, right? You're trying to work on things. So you're going to call certain plays situationally that in a game – against the Florida State week one. You're not going to call necessarily. You want to get certain looks uh, for film and stuff to work on, right? You're not. Your goal is not to score a touchdown every single play. You want to maximize the opportunity to get see what guys can do. So good job, Texas. You scored 50 points, but eh, I, don't think you, I don't think that's what you want to learn. I, I don't. So you know, we'll, we'll get into it here. Um, but first, I want to talk about Peacock. Um, again, hope you guys got to download the app. Uh, watch it. I downloaded it on my TV. I watched the game. Came in clear as a bell. Except I didn't think the coverage was that good. And I couldn't pause or rewind. That was super annoying. I'm a, I'm a pause rewind 
Fiend. Uh, at, I'll, I'll give you my fiance's email address. You can email her and ask her. <laughs> Tina does not like, I'm not allowed to be in charge of the remote during like movies and stuff. TV. Like it's bad. I, I miss anything. Pause. Rewind. Pause. Rewind. And with football, whoo, like I, I struggle. I'm not going to be on Twitter. Like I used to be at all really. Um, but I'd have to kind of silence Twitter for football games because I was like four plays behind the live coverage because I'm looking for stuff. I'm rewatching. Okay, what happened? I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching. I'm rewatching. You know, and then I'll go back after the fact and go back and find something, whatever, right? Peacock offers none of that. That was frustrating. Uh, so that that annoyed me. Not to mention down distance yellow lines. I guess I'm I'm guilty of you know being spoiled by the yellow line and the graphics and everything else. There was none of that. That was frustrating. Okay, it's like what down is it? Oh, we're punting. I guess I guess that was third down, guys. I must have had to been third down because they're punting now. I didn't know. I missed that part. Um. They, they tried to show replays, but they're not even following the football. Uh, I I believe it was a huge opportunity missed. And, you know, maybe it's good that it failed so epically, in my opinion, because now we're probably not going to get a game on Peacock. That was poor, and I hope they realize that. But if they wanted us to be more interested and more intrigued and like, oh, hey, maybe they'll show a game on Peacock and we'll have to be prepared for that, they didn't do a good job of, using that platform to show what they're capable of. I, I was very disappointed in that. Um, I didn't think Corey Robinson was that great. Way too positive. But I know it's a spring game. I get it. It's a blue goal game. It's a glorified scrimmage. Okay, yes. Absolutely. But he, he did a little too much. Everything was great, grand, wonderful. You know. And, and they seem misinformed on stuff. Specifically... Michael Mayer. I was wondering the same thing they were. Why didn't Michael Mayer catch a pass? Where's Michael Mayer? What are we going to even see him? They kept showing him in pads on the sideline. Turns out they had no intention on playing Michael Mayer, and it took the dudes in the booth way too long to figure that out. And I get it though; it makes sense. You know what you got with Mayer. Don't need to don't need to get him hurt in a glorified scrimmage. So let's leave him off the field. Perfectly fine. But like. Maybe the guys calling the game should be aware of that too. Uh, just saying. I don't know. You know. But there was a, a lot of good things to take away. You know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go position by position. You know. Uh, I'm gonna try to do it quickly. I know I'm 30 minutes in, guys. I, I don't wanna keep you listening to my I don't know how if you like my voice, if you don't like my voice, I don't know. But I don't wanna have you guys sit here and listen to one singular voice talking to himself for, for more than like 45, 50 minutes, okay? So I'm going to try to rip through this. But the the Blue Gold game did show us a lot, okay? It was mostly situational. You had to look at individuals. You couldn't look at, oh, we only scored 17 points. We only scored three points. You can't look at all that. It, it's not what the game was about. And, and Kelly said as much right out of the box. Listen, we're not going to show the whole deck of cards. Why? For who? Why are you going to show everybody everything? That's silly. 
You know, what we're going to give Florida State a free preview of everything we're going to do and every game after that? No, that's nonsense. Makes zero sense. That is useless. So, yeah, let's do situational stuff. You know, some of the situational stuff, not a fan of. Um, if that's what we're going to do, and maybe it goes back to the idea of we're not going to show everything. We're not going to show all of our hand, okay? But you bring out the field goal unit on a fourth and six or fourth and goal from the six. Bring out the field goal unit. Okay, now nah, yeah, X and A. Let's not do that. Let's, let's run a play here. Let's get a situation on film. Okay, cool. I am in support of that decision. I have no issue with that whatsoever. What play was that? Zero creativity. Simply a back shoulder to Wilkins, who, I like Wilkins, he's fine, he's whatever. Uh, he shouldn't be the guy in that situation. It's probably going to be Austin when healthy, but Davis or Keys or Lindsey, uh, guys who seem to be more involved than Wilkins, who got two catches for 35 yards in the whole game. Um, he did have seven targets, but I, I just didn't like the play call, like a back shoulder throw. That's so sim- simple-minded. And maybe, again, they're just trying not to show the whole deck of cards. But come on. Dude, like that, I'd rather just kick the field goal if that's what you're going to do. It, it wasn't that special to me. You know, um, defensively, ton of aggressiveness, active, a lot of different looks, uh, unexpected pressures that you weren't sure is – are we getting pressure? Are we not? Like, I liked what I saw. A lot of different stuff happened, right? They were making plays without Kyle Hamilton. That's important too. They seem to be attacking the football, looking for the football. I I liked what I saw defensively. I really did. Offensively, there were still some good things to take away. Um, we seem to be throwing some balls down the field. Um, we seem to want to get the ball to certain guys. That's that's all good things, you know. But I think most of this game was about individual stuff. Okay, it was all about individuals. So let's let's talk about that. Right, let's go through that. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Obvious place to start. Start right. Our starter is clearly Jack Cohn. That cannot be disputed. It's Jack Cohn. Um, he was 18 of 32, 197 yards. He did throw a pick. So stats don't jump off the page, but dude had an amazing pocket presence. Amazing pocket presence. He was elusive without looking away from the field. Something that I felt like Book never did. Book was spin away, showing his nameplate to his receivers. Well, you're already in trouble. Because the minute you look away, your receivers are likely trying to help you. They're trying to help you. So if you turn your back, they're going to break off the route, and then you look up expecting them to continue the route, and they moved, and, oh, no, now what do I do? Cone didn't do that. He was quick, little shoulder moves, little dips, and very impressive. And he he was committed to staying in the pocket. Love, love, love that. And he looked like he had an arm. He had an arm. So I think there's a lot of potential with Cone. He did make a terrible decision on the interception he threw. Um, like, Shane Simon was there the whole time. Like, what did he see? I don't know. 
But I did. I he was a little bit more mobile than I was expecting. Um, but the, the, my he was just so elusive in the pocket and great pocket presence. In fact, one was called a sack, which was bogus. It was a third down play. Pressure comes. He does like a a shoulder shimmy thing, dips, steps up, fires a rocket to Lorenzo Styles, first down. Nope, they're gonna call it a sack. Whatever. Uh, in a game that's not gonna be a sack. I understand the safety precaution, the safety measure taken for. The blue gold game, fine. But I was really impressed with that. That was fantastic. You know. So then we jumped to Drew Prine. 11 to 23, 146 yards, one pick. Stats weren't impressive either. I didn't think Pine was that impressive. I really didn't. I know the the with the red jersey, the auto sacks kind of didn't help him. Um, was it on him? Was it on the offensive line? I'm not sure, but I didn't think he had the strongest arm. I didn't, his arm didn't impress me. Uh, his pick was a just not a good throw. It was not the wrong throw. If he leaves Lawrence Keys, or maybe Lawrence Keys sharpens the route off a little bit, you, you get a better result. But uh, he threw it behind, and it was a pick. I just didn't think his arm was that strong. It didn't impress me, unfortunately for him. Uh, so. You know what? What's the takeaway from there? Because you jumped to Buckner. Buckner was six and nine for one forty, and he r- ran for a touchdown. Uh, Buckner impressed me, and maybe I was wanting to be impressed by Buckner. I'm not sure, but I'm gonna find it hard to believe that, that Buckner's not the number two behind Cone uh, instead of Pine when we go to Tallahassee week one in September. Buckner impressed me. He was good. He was elusive. He, he's elusive in terms of his athletic ability. Yes, he was allowed to be hit because he hadn't been hit in forever. But he took advantage of that and he scored a rushing touchdown. He had a quick release. He fired the ball. Um, yes, he did get the ball stripped, and that's gonna. He, he's a freshman. He's gonna make silly freshman mistakes. That's just part of the deal. Okay, that's just part of the deal. He. I don't know if he was taking only one read. It was hard to tell. It looked like one instance he didn't. He looked off and hit, uh, I think it was Lawrence Keyes on like a sort of a, a deep slant, post-ish route. <clears throat> um, he's going to make freshman mistakes, like holding the ball too long, getting that strip sack. Uh, that's just it. Timing will get better with the receivers. But for only being there a few months, I was very impressed with what Buckner showed us on Saturday. Very impressed. So I think at the end of the day, you got Cone. I think we're gonna he's going to be all right. And I think Buckner's going to be the two. Uh, and then we did see Ron Paulus, who looked like his dad inside a helmet. That was hilarious. I was like, wow, that's definitely Ron Paulus's kid. Ron Paulus. <laughs> but so that's the quarterback takeaway. Uh, running backs. I don't know. Uh, what I expected. Um, in terms of who played, Williams, Tyree, Flemister. Uh, Williams didn't get a ton of touches. and I, Again, I think we know what we got with him. So maybe you're, you're trying not to hurt him. So three carries, 16 yards, two catches, 20 yards, nothing crazy there. We know what we got. Tyree, a little bit different. I feel like they wanted to get him the ball. They wanted to keep giving him the ball. To his, I think durability might be a concern for them, his uh, stamina. He's a smaller guy, sure. 10 carries, 43 yards. 
yeah, I would have liked to see more yardage, but he was he was doing it all. He was definitely doing it all. He uh, he did only catch two passes for 16 yards, but they had him out there. Tyree seemed to run with a purpose more. Um, I didn't think there was a ton of dancing from him. Uh, blocking was a little suspect, but I'll talk about that in a, here in a minute. But I, w- I was I was good with the running backs. Uh, Flemister, seven carries, 11 yards. He did do a little bit of dancing, which is shocking because he was more the downhill guy. He would just come out and run. He didn't do that so much on Saturday. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And we don't have Diggs or SDMA yet, so we don't know where they'll fit into this equation. Probably not much given that it's Williams, Tyree, Flemister. Uh, you can't have a ton of running backs, you know, uh, rotating. Then we uh, – so running back, I, I think we're good there. Uh, they they want to see Tyree more, and they got to see Tyree more. Receivers, a spot that I had questions about, which I already – I probably spent too much time going off on Jordan Johnson, but uh, I had to. Um, he, he put donuts in the stat sheet, donuts in a spring game in a meaningless game. He put donuts and he's gone. So this is what it is. But our standouts were Davis keys and Lindsay. Each of them had five catches. Davis five for 84 keys, five for 115. Lindsay five for 88 keys. However, had 14 targets, one, four. They were feeding him the football. Only five catches kind of a concern because Davis and Lindsay only had six and seven targets. And they still got the five catches. But um, it was pretty obvious who our receivers are going to be. I, I liked it. Like when I saw Wilkins, he had seven targets, only two catches, though. But the guy, Styles, had five targets. He only caught two balls. But he's involved. They had him uh, catching kickoffs. They had him catching punts. They're going to be using this dude. And that's awesome. Oh, I love to see it. And that probably is another reason Jordan – Somebody who cares. Somebody who wants to get in the game. Somebody who wants the damn football and is doing the his part to get the football. Lorenzo Styles Jr., man, he's going to see – I think he's going to see some playing time this year. You know, and then Watts did see a target. He did catch it for, I think, no yards. But, you know, Davis, Keys, Lindsey, those are our guys. Yeah, you're going to see some Wilkins. I think you're going to see some Styles. You know. Lindsey looked healthy. Buckner got on the fall ball a little underthrown, but again, timing will come. Pine just couldn't even get the ball to Lindsey. He didn't have the arm for it, unfortunately. Wilkins did make some uh, did make a great catch. He did make, also make one out of bounds. Keys was targeted. Davis, uh, he might be the number one. He made it look pretty easy out there. Uh, like I said, uh, Styles was involved, and that's. That's huge, right? So I'm a little more comfortable with our receivers after the fact. I think Cone will, will get them the ball. You know, so we'll see. Then uh, move to tight ends. Mayor didn't play. But what else do you need to know? That's fine. Takis, three catches, 32 yards on four targets. Barong, two catches, 11 yards on six targets. Mitchell Evans, three catches, 59 yards on three targets. So Takis will be involved. He'll be on the field. I think Barong's going to see some time, but I I don't know how deep you can go with the tight ends. I mean, we got plenty of them. There's plenty of depth, but Mitchell Evans, kid was 6'7", 240, played quarterback last year. 
But he impressed me. I think he's going to earn himself some playing time on the field. You know, we'd love to see it. But tight ends, Mayer's our guy. Mayer's our guy. That's all I can say is Mayer's our guy. The second guy could be Tagus, could be Brown, could be Evans, could be Bauman. He was hurt. I don't know. But you know Mayer's the guy. So I, I think we're good there. So now to finish, wrap up the offense, offensive line. It was mixed and matched, which I didn't like at first. I didn't. I was like, I wanted to see some cohesiveness. I want to see guys work together. But that's okay because I think the silver lining here is you got to see some individuals, kind of a plug and play. Forget what they do as a group. What can you know Blake Fisher do on his own? What can Josh Love do on his own? What can Tosh Baker do on his own? You know, so that was maybe a good thing, actually, as it turns out. And Fisher impressed. Fisher was pretty good. <laughs> he is going to start. Let's call it right now. He is going to be a starting offensive lineman week one. You know, the rest of the group, uh, I think, you know, Patterson's going to start. Carell's going to start. Uh the other two spots, I, I still think it's up for grabs. Probably Lug, for sure. Uh, I think he's leading the, the race there, so we'll just call it Lug. Now, then, the last spot, is it going to be Spindler? Is it going to be Baker? Is it? I, I don't know. Uh, there's opportunity there for someone to jump in. Um, Dylan Gibbons, who knows? A lot of guys. But I, I think the, the takeaway is the guys who have played – uh, looks pretty solid, and uh, I was watching Fisher a little bit more. He impressed me. I was I was happy. So, what does that mean for Week One in Tallahassee? I'm not sure, but I I think I think we're gonna be okay, guys. I really do. And as the season gets closer, I will talk more. You know. Uh, Kind of about what we can expect. I'll revisit some of these thoughts and ideas, you know, but I don't think anything jumped out that it's like, okay, well, that's the new guy. Let's look out for that. You know, you're going to see some involvement, but it, you know, the only question mark is offensive line. Who, who is ultimately going to be the first, the starting five week one? We don't know yet, but there's a lot of knowns. And then the things that weren't known, uh, Impressed me. I was impressed with Jack Cohn. I really was. I liked his pocket presence. Um, we saw who our three receivers are going to be. We know what we got at re- uh, running back. We know what we got at tight end. So that's our offense. Let's jump to defense and hashtag the Freeman factor. Even though I'm not on Twitter, I'm still going to push it. Shout out to John. Always Irish. The Freeman factor. I Like I said, a lot of different stuff. They did a lot of different stuff. I liked it. I liked the, all the, the aggressiveness, the movement. I was impressed. I, you know, the secondary was super surprising. You know, um, one guy that jumped out at me for good, good and bad reasons was Litchfield uh, Ajavon. Yeah, Litchfield Ajavon, number 23. Um, the bad thing, dude, is targeting in the spring game. Didn't get that. I don't understand that. Joe Wilkins almost caught a touchdown pass but got lit up by <laughs> Adjavon. But Cam Hart, 
uh, you're going through the secondary, just some guys, some names. Uh, Cam Hart looked good. Uh, Ramon Henderson looked looked pretty solid. Philip Riley got a lot of uh, action. Offered showed some things. The one guy that showed some things but didn't really stand out was Tariq Bracey, which kind of surprising because he's the most senior guy with the most playing time. Um, obviously, Clarence Lewis is there. I didn't mention him, but uh, again, you know what you got with him. I, I'm I'm good. But I feel like Philip Riley uh, did a lot and Cam Hart did a lot. So we'll see what happens at corner and come week one. At safety, DJ Brown, KJ Wallace stood out. I didn't really hear Houston Griffith's name called, and I don't. I, I'm pretty sure he played. Like I, 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 you know, I'm a little older, so I forget things. But I'm pretty sure he played. But I didn't really hear his name called uh, a ton. Um, Justin Walters, freshman, came came up with a nice pick. But those are all the safeties, and I didn't mention Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton's playing. Who's going to be out there with him? I don't know. Uh, it's pro- maybe they didn't play Houston Griffin a ton because you, you need to see more DJ Brown, KJ Wallace. I'm not sure, but um, I, I do feel a little more comfortable having seen them play. I feel that secondary was a concern because you you were losing McLeod, you were losing Crawford. Um, it was a concern, but I think we're gonna be okay. We got. We made some plays defensively, so hard to argue, right? Uh, then we'll, I'm going to jump to linebackers right now, and I'll finish with the line. But uh, linebacker, Shane Simon with a pick. I hope this might be Shane Simon's time. Um, he's shared time with uh, a lot of people, but maybe this is his time to show up. You know, But we still got Jack Kaiser, who played really, really well. Bo Bauer, just Bo Bauer, just flying around. Maris Lufau, he's still there. And the best part is I I know all those names. I've seen them play. I've seen them make plays. So that's fantastic. We got a good linebacking core, guys. I I know I know we lost Awusa Karamoa. And Isaiah Pryor was kind of that guy on Saturday in terms of uh, first one in. Um, he didn't really impress me that much. He didn't. But... You know, maybe Kaiser, Simon, Bauer, Leofau can come over and, and fill that role. But there's a guy who I didn't mention because he's not here yet, but Prince Kali. I think the lack of impact that Isaiah Pryor had opens the door for Prince Kali to do something. And that would be exciting. If Prince Kali came in and did like a Blake Fisher thing, true freshman, boom, 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 let's go, let's go, let's go. Or a potentially Rocco Spindler. We'll see. Um, but get, uh, getting that starting opportunity, I, we'll see. I don't know, but I like our linebackers. I do. They all had moments last year where they played, and we still haven't even seen Paul Mualu. Uh He didn't play yes, uh, Saturday. I keep saying yesterday. Saturday. You know, so we'll see. Um, but I like our linebackers. And I'm going to wrap it up here with the defensive line. Uh, Foskey didn't really do a whole lot, but I don't, I didn't see him on the field a ton. And maybe that's because they, they feel comfortable with what he's been doing. But Botello, dude is tough. He, wow, he wanted to lay out Drew Pine so bad. And you know what? When it's not our guy, do it. Man, put your, 
screws in his back and just light him up. But he just gave him a good hard shove instead on that one play. Uh, the Emmy and Delola brothers, you know, you know what you're getting. They're they're good. They're they're active. They can move. Heinish, he's a beast. Oh, he's a beast. He just shoves people around, moves people around, and just disrupts. Love it. MTA, he looked he looked good. He looked different. He definitely lost some pounds. He looked sharp. Uh, nothing to complain about with him. You know, uh, Aaronsberger, his name was called quite a bit. Riley Mills' name was called quite a bit. I think we're – we got so many. I just listed off, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys, and you can only play four of them? Like, we're good. Oh, we are so good on the D-line. Our front seven is going to be huge, which is going to help our secondary that I had questions about that I liked what I saw. But still, uh, are we sold? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. You know, but overall defensive performance was the uh, big, big spotlight. They look good. Some of that had to do with the offense, trying to work on situational football, uh, mishmash of offensive line because it's not, you know, you're starting five. Um, but I think the takeaway is all positive, guys. It really is. I I liked the things that I saw. I know the statistics didn't jump off the page, but there were reasons for that. You don't want to score 50. You don't want to show the world everything in a spring game. That's not what a spring game is for. We focused on individuals. There were some things I saw, things I liked. And I'm, I'm sticking with my 11-1, and one, and we're going to revisit some of this stuff as we progress. But I like my 11-1 and one call. I'm good with it. And, you know, we'll revisit the schedule as we move forward. Um, but I don't know when the next podcast will be. Just because spring football is done, I'm much, uh, I'll find stuff to talk about. But it, it might be in two weeks, you know. But um, thank you all for listening. Uh, my boy Beef is going to help me distribute this. Appreciate you, Casey. You're the man. And please do, guys, email me, fivefootnothingpod at gmail.com. Hit me up. I'd love to communicate. You reach out to me. Um, I, I have no problem giving, giving you other ways to, to communicate with me. You know, we'll make it work. I, I love the interaction, guys. But do like this. You know, subscribe. If you want to hear it when it comes out, as soon as I post it, you'll get a notification. So thank you all so much for listening. I knocked this out in an hour. I know it was a lot of information. Hope you kept up. But that's all I got for today. All right? Go Irish, and I will talk to you soon. Five foot nothing, 100 nothing, out.